I do have a couple of other announcements to make, too. I uh, want to thank those who have been working on the front of the building, those of you that drove up and came in through the front. You see all that green flaky gone and, and sanded away and stuff like that. So uh really appreciate that work, and uh, I know we're going to be doing some more. Uh, if you're interested, check with Brad, and he'll let you know when we're doing this different work. And uh, appreciate that. Okay, so just get in touch with you if you want to help, no matter what the time frame is. Okay. And uh, also, we're doing our shoe boxes again this year, and uh, we have uh, several outside against the wall in the foyer, and inside the box is the information about what to get and what they're, exp- uh, uh, you know, accepting as gifts in there. And those of you that maybe got to hear the uh, testimonies of the girls that uh, had received the boxes. Uh, they, they, I heard it was just really, really neat to hear how blessed they are by it. So I want to encourage you to do that. Again, I, I'll say it every time, but it's you pick up one or two items uh, a week in your shopping cart, you won't miss it at all, and it will absolutely bless them. Um, so just that. And then... Uh, our offering, uh, because of the COVID, we continue to not pass the offering plate. But I was asked last week by somebody, he said, where, where is the offering? We have a plate right up here on the table, and, and, that's, and we have offering envelopes as well. And so uh, feel free to use that, or you can mail them in. We have a lockbox outside, so uh, you can do that, and we'll take care of it that way. But uh, just to let you know that... Uh, It'll be a while, possibly, before we pass the offering. And the same goes for communion. We continue to use the packets for a while. And uh, the little packet, they're out there on the table. And uh, when we have the communion song, if you didn't get one, don't hesitate to go out and pick one up so, while we're singing. Uh, prayer needs this morning. I just want to draw your attention to uh, a specific prayer need. Uh, Steve Schlurf is in the hospital. Uh, he's up at St. Joe's right now and uh, waiting on tests. Uh, he has uh, pancreatitis, and the pancreatitis is caused by uh, infected gallbladder, and uh, gallstones have shown up in the x-ray, so they're going to do continued tests. But there's, uh, I, I'm not uh, an expert on this, let, let, Lapase uh, or lapase it's it's an enzyme that has to do with the with the pancreas, and uh, its count is three times what it should be, and that has to come down before they can proceed, and there will have to be a gallbladder surgery. So, uh, just asking for prayer that all of this will uh, clear up, and uh, we bring it, you know, to, to bring it in prayer. So. I don't know if there's any other prayer needs this morning uh, that we need to mention that haven't gone out. Okay, well, let's pray together. Father, this morning we come, Lord, uh, we come specifically uh, to come alongside Steve and, and Kathy and Stephanie and, and ask, Lord, that you be with them, uh, be with Steve specifically as he's in the hospital with this pancreatitis. 
and uh, the infected gallbladder. We ask that you would give the doctors wisdom, the technicians as they read the tests, wisdom as to what to do to proceed to bring about a, a, everything that is necessary to bring healing to his body. And uh, we don't hesitate, Lord, to pray for the miraculous, that you would intervene, bring these enzymes down, uh, and, and bring healing to his body. And we confidently leave this in your hands. And again, uh, we just uh, bring his, his wife Kathy and daughter Stephanie to you and ask that you would give them a special peace as they uh, minister to him. And Lord, uh, we also take a moment to continue to pray that you would break the cycle of COVID infections. Uh, and we think of it, you know, in our county, in our state, yeah, in 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 the nation globally, Lord, that you would bring an end to this pandemic, that you would bring healing, and Lord, as only you can do through your Holy Spirit, bring comfort to those who have suffered loss. This morning, as we open your word, we ask, Lord, that you would be with us, open our hearts and our minds to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I'm doing a, a an, I guess you'd call it Luke Part 2. We've committed two weeks as we're reading through the Bible in our reading uh, session. Uh, we've been preaching through the Bible at the same pace. And so we're uh, going through the Gospel of Luke. Uh, I had two parts to it. Now, one was uh, dealing with uh, Jesus uh, ministering to the Gentiles. And it's very clear that uh, he was, you know, that was a part of his ministry. Uh, Luke makes that clear. In fact, the, the reality is that Luke himself was a Gentile. And he was writing to Theophilus, who was also a Gentile. So all of that together, Luke is considered the gospel written to the Gentiles. And... Uh, Today, what I want to look at is the Holy Spirit working through Jesus with, in, in the Gospel of Luke. And between the Gospel of Luke, and, and, and Luke also wrote the book of Acts, between those two books, he mentions the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. And so, uh, I want to establish the the the... The, the thing that, that is important to see in Luke, and that is, is that Jesus is both God and man. That is a mystery that still can't be fully explained. He has the nature of a man. He has the nature of God. They're, he, they're not intertwined. He's God-man. That's where that phrase, you might have heard it, comes from. In the Gospel of John, we establish that, that Jesus is God when we went through the first few verses, in the beginning is the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then later on in verse 14 it says, and the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus Christ. So in the beginning Jesus uh, was with God. Jesus, uh, you know, is in the beginning with God. And, and, all, and it says all things were made through Him. He's the Creator. Uh, there isn't anything that was made that was not made through Him. Uh, he's the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So all of those things that John talked about 
we establish Jesus is God in the flesh. Uh, and Paul confirms this in, Galatian, in Colossians chapter 2. Uh, he wrote, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. That's, you know, God in the flesh. The full deity of God dwelling in a body, Jesus Christ. And also, Paul, you know, in Philippians, uh, and I, you know, frequently refer to these verses, but Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Again, because he had it. He was. But he made himself nothing. He emptied himself. Taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, when we read these verses, it's clear that he was fully man. Yet we see very clearly from what John wrote, he was fully God. So again, like I said, that phrase that comes out of that is God-man. The God-man. Jesus Christ is is God and man. The writer of Hebrews tells us why this was important. And uh, to to see that, maybe uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. Let's start with verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he, referring to Jesus, himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So in other words, in order for Jesus to pay the price, the word becoming flesh, the purpose was to become the settlement for our sins. To pay in full, complete, to the point where Jesus on the cross would say, it is finished. When I get into the Gospel of of Luke, uh, he shows us how Jesus is fully God and fully man. And, and as fully man, the nature of man, he, he required the Holy Spirit's involvement in his ministry. And, and so, uh, again, back to uh, John chapter 1, the, the Word became flesh. Keep that in, as the, the thought here. So, in the Gospel of Luke, I want to show you a few scriptures that have to do with with. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and 
to start here, we'd begin with Luke chapter 1, verses 26. Well, let's start with verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled in the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will never, uh, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who has called who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So, we have from the very beginning the involvement of the Holy Spirit in the reality of the word emptying himself, becoming flesh. John or Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says, that the Messiah will be born of a virgin. How is that possible? We see here, God's intervention, God made it happen. And so, Mary conceives by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, and as a result, uh, we have Jesus, the conception. Jesus is born, and, and, and he goes on in his ministry, well, uh, the thing that I want to point to you is what happens next in the sense of, of Jesus in reference to the Holy Spirit. Let's look at chapter 3 uh, of uh, Luke. Jesus has come to be baptized. I'm not going to go into all the details and the sermons that go on about his baptism, but just to, to read the, the, the key verses here, verses 21 and 22 of chapter 3. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with whom, with you I am well pleased. At the baptism of Jesus, it's, first off, to me, it's one of the key pictures of the Trinity. We see... The Father speaking to Jesus, His Son, uh, as the Holy Spirit descends. And we get the clear picture that there are a three-in-one person, persons uh, in the sense of the Trinity. And God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All together, it, it, is, it is God, and yet they're each individually a person in God. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful picture. There is only one God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At the baptism of Jesus, we see that fullness. In the next event in the life of Jesus, it begins right in chapter 4. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan 
and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. In other words, he'd just been baptized, and now he's being led into the wilderness by the Spirit. For forty days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, To you I will give all this authority and the glory, of it, uh, uh, glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and, you, and <clears throat> him only shall you serve. And the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. What we see here is Jesus led by the Spirit into the Holy Spirit and by the power of the Holy Spirit holding up against the temptations. Uh, and it is very clear here as, as you go through this that it is the leading of the Holy Spirit to put Him through all of this even. To allow Him to go through it. Again, coming back to Hebrews. Why? Because Jesus needed to be tempted in all things as man is tempted. And by the way, this, in this passage, uh, the reason why I read the three temptations that are mentioned here, those are not the only temptations. Those were the last temptations. He had been tempted in every way, and, 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 and it says, and he ate nothing during these days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. So Satan comes up with a temptation that would only be appropriate for the Son of God. Turn bread, you know, turn stones into bread. Or, you know, if 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 not that, then uh, throw yourself you know from the temple. And and there was various and you'll be ushered by the angels and, and protected. What he was trying to get Jesus to do in these three temptations was to do something he wouldn't have tempted any of us necessarily to do. But that Jesus, if he'd done any one of those, people would have proclaimed because they were things that people were waiting for. Oh, there's the Messiah, and it would identify him. He said, you can bypass the cross this way. You can bypass, bypass the whole suffering thing. Just claim it now, Jesus. Was Jesus tempted? Yes. How did Jesus fight the temptation? By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's hard for us to grasp you know, uh, you know, but the reality is, is that it was uh, it was the Holy Spirit working in Jesus, as Jesus in the flesh, fully man. Just like the Holy Spirit would work in us. After the temptations, it says that Jesus in, in chapter four. Uh, verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Again, in the power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit in Jesus. And a report about Him went out through the surrounding country, and 
he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Then Jesus goes to Nazareth. And it says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and, <clears throat> and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These were messianic prophecies out of Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus is saying, I am, as he goes on to say, the fulfillment. He says he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. The reading of the Scripture would be done standing, but sitting down would be done the teaching, and Jesus sits down. They're waiting for something to come, and it says, And he began to say to them, Today this Scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, and marveled at the uh, gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? The Holy Spirit, Jesus claims a messianic prophecy in reference to the Holy Spirit coming on to him, filling him, and causing him to uh, preach the word and to proclaim uh, you know, the good news to the poor and to bring healing, uh, set the captives free. It's, just a, it's a powerful scripture. It was known to be of the Messiah. And he says, this in your presence has been fulfilled. I am the fulfillment of that. The last scripture I want to look at in the in in the, the Gospel of Luke is in the the end of of Luke chapter uh, twenty four, and this is after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and it says that Jesus, uh, you know, goes to his disciples. He comes to his disciples, uh, <clears throat> And it says, as they, his disciples, were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Arise in your, uh, doubts arise in your hearts. See my hands, my feet, that it is I myself touching me. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Jesus is still God-man. God in the flesh. And then he had said, as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they, were, uh, while they still disbelieved uh, uh, for joy and, and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Again, showing, I, you know, this is God in the flesh. Jesus has, is, is in the flesh. And when he said this to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, 
that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus is at, and then, and then his ascension, and, and Jesus is basically saying that, you know, I'm going to send the promise of the Father upon you. You're going to receive the power to, to preach the gospel and to, and to minister. I'm going to send the Father's, the promise of the Father upon you. I'm going to just take a quick shot at in the book of Acts. I don't want to go too far because we're going to get into the details of this next week in the reference to the book of Acts. But Acts chapter one, he picks up right where he left off in 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 the end of Acts, in the end of uh, Luke. In fact, Luke puts it in this. He says, "In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up." And he was given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Again, you see the interaction of the Holy Spirit here. He presented himself alive to them after the suffering of many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then the ascension. Jesus ascends. And this, this picture again of, of receiving the Holy Spirit, uh, the power for ministry, that he would go to, he says, your ministry will go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the rest of the world. And Jesus promises His return. Uh, in, it, it's, well, it's, it's put for us. Look at verse 10 of, of chapter 1 of Acts. And while they were gazing into heaven as He went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw Him go into heaven. In other words, speaking of the return of Christ. Jesus, God-man. Fully God, fully man. But because He emptied Himself, and that's the way Philippians put it, He emptied Himself as He became man. He humbled Himself, became a servant, even to the point of death. That... As a man, he died on the cross as the offering, the perfect offering, sinless offering for our souls. And so it was truly man dying on the cross. He truly died. And man was resurrected. God-man, Jesus Christ. He was resurrected in the flesh. If I grasp 
all that I understand of Scripture, He's God-man for eternity. What He required as a man to do His ministry, we require today to do His ministry. That's what we'll get into in, the, in, in looking at the Holy Spirit in the, in, in the reference to the work in the church. And obviously we'll get to the day of Pentecost in chapter 2 of Acts and look at that. But the, what I want you to see is that we need the Holy Spirit active in us. We cannot perform the ministry that Christ has called us to without the Holy Spirit working in us. And just as Jesus required as a man the Holy Spirit working in him, we need the Holy Spirit working in us. We need to be prepared to share the gospel, as Peter put it, because we live a different way than the world does. As they watch us, as we react to the various things around us, they're going to say, why do you think the way you think? Or why do you do the things you do? And Peter says, be prepared to give a testimony, to give a witness. Our witness will be, saying, will be to say, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and as a gift, He filled me with His Spirit, and I live my life for Christ. Like I said, we'll begin with looking at the church next week. But what I'd like to do now is, is just to, in a way of saying thank you, God, and, and recognizing He is coming again, is to share in communion. And the one thing that Jesus said about communion very clearly was is that He was not going to partake of this again until we were together. And so this means as we celebrate communion today, I really want to focus on the reality. He is coming again. Let's go ahead and, and sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. 
songs, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. In the Gospel of Luke, the 22nd chapter, Luke writes of the institution of the, the Lord's Supper in this way. When the hour had come, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom hath come. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us share in the bread. Likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But before the, uh, behold, the hand of him who betrays me is at the table. But the idea was, this is the covenant of my blood. And they drank it together in remembrance of him. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share in these emblems that remind us the awesomeness, the God of all creation, the author of our salvation, gave His life, literally died on the cross, resurrected to prove His authority over death and His resurrection, bodily resurrection. So that we could rest assured that when He says, as we rest in Him, we have salvation. We thank You for all that You have done for us. All that You are doing. And we look ahead to all that You are going to do. And we worship You. We praise You. We thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close, please?
Thy mercy, my God, is the theme of my song, the joy of my heart and the boast of my tongue. Thy free grace alone from the first to the last hath won my affections and bound my soul fast. Without thy sweet mercy I could not live here. Sin would reduce me to utter despair. But through thy free goodness my spirits revive. And he that first made me still keeps me alive. Thy mercy is more than a match for my heart, which wonders to feel its own hardness depart. Dissolved by thy goodness, I fall to the ground and weep for the praise of the mercy I found. Hallelujah. Father of mercies, thy goodness I own, and the covenant love of thy crucified Son. All praise to the Spirit, whose whisper divine seals mercy and pardon and righteousness mine. Hallelujah. Have a wonderful day.